the name of choice at Opera North seems to be Richard, and I have two of the uh, the key Richards here now: Richard Mantle, general director, and Richard Farns, music director of Opera North. Gentlemen, in in times of financial constraint, the bold often get bolder, and the clear message I get looking at your new season is that the word constraint is not part of your lexicon point in time. What has been the, the motivation through these difficult times, you know, to dare more? Well, I don't think constraint ever should be part of the, the lexicon. It's a word that we understand um, and it's an environment that we have to learn to, to live in. We're, in. we're in new territory. So um, in that sense, I don't think uh, constraint itself governs ambition. It has led us, I think, to try and maintain the ambition for our repertoire in the company. Um, clearly, we have to live within a different financial envelope, which means that we may do more or less of certain things. But the core of our planning and our thinking has been to maintain that ambition. It probably is coloured with slightly more revivals of pieces that we would otherwise perhaps not have done. You know, we've over the recent years, even though finances have been quite interesting. Uh, we've maintained a very high level of uh, new productions. But when you come to some big productions, like we do have this autumn with uh, the Queen of Spades, then other things have to fit round it to ensure that we can still make it happen. season I mean the three new productions of the season and we'll also come to the revivals but the three new productions Queen of Spades Julia Caesar Julia Cesare and Norma um, the first thing that strikes me these are all operas that contain major challenges in principal roles and they're not pieces you do unless you can cast them successfully let's start with Queen of Spades first time the opera's ever been performed at Opera North Yes, it is, and I have to say it's a, it's a piece that I've been talking about ever since I started working here. I feel very strongly, unlike some people, I think, that, that it's a very strong uh, dramatic storyline. I think it's too. the most fantastic, and, mm. and so does Neil Bartlett, our director, who's a very uh, highly skilled uh, theatrical, dramatically based director. Good storyteller. Really good storyteller, yeah. fantastic. And the rehearsals are really exciting and the chorus love him and it's it's going really well. But it's, it, he's yeah. a person of great psychological insight, he is, isn't yes. he? Yes. He's, he's always taken huge risks in his, both in his writing and the things yeah. he's directed. The two principals, I mean, we have Orla Boylan, company debut. Uh, Jeffrey Lloyd Roberts, now Herman in the pieces, is a real tour de force of a character and um, a huge stretch for any dramatic tenor, I think, I mean, if, if it's going to work. Yes, it is. And Jeff is beginning to sing it in a way that he's never sung before. And it's just relentless. I mean, it, there's so much of it. And you have a really difficult aria, which he is not transposing down. We're doing it at the original pitch in the very final scene. Jeff's one of those people who actually throws himself into developing a role, and so I think he sees this as an enormous journey. 
both for him and for the company. It's wonderful also to develop a relationship with a company, and clearly that's happening with him yeah. because he's also doing something else later on, isn't he, for you? Um, yes, yes, he's doing Siegmund. The there day. you are. There's yes. a, the little matter of Siegmund <laughs> yes. in the next instalment of The Ring. Well, we must come back to that in a moment. But um, Dame Josephine Barstow mm. guesting mm. as the, the, the chilling figure of the old Countess. I mean, it is a scene-stealing role, even though she's, she's got, like, a couple of moments, really, but <laughs> that'll be worth coming up for. Yes, we were rehearsing that on Saturday morning, actually. Really? It is, it's very exciting, mm. see. Mm. It is, because it, it's the climax of the opera. It's the, it's the sort of central pivot of the whole piece. And Josephine has been a great uh, sort of supporter of Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Lloyd Roberts, mm. as a, mm. you know, she's been talking about him vocally for a long time. She was very proactive in encouraging us to take him on for Grimes as well, and I think it's wonderful to see the two of them working together mm. so closely. Is there any aspect of the piece that Neil Bartlett is homing in on that you can reveal at this point in time since we're deep in rehearsal? One thing that's, that I think will be very striking is the way the chorus are used. I mean, it's a very big chorus, and they are not very much not just a sort of glossy background. They're very much a, you know, a very conscious, direct part of the piece, so that, for instance, you know, if there's a storm going on physically with the weather, there's very much the storm going on inside Herman, Jeff Lloyd Roberts' head. And this is something that, that Neil is very keen to make clear. And in a way, the, the use of the chorus, I think, will do that. And I think that's a fantastic mm. uh, trick, if you like. Oh, there are unforgettable passages in it, none more so than the very end, mm. really, mm. when his soul ascends to heaven. It's just... Extraordinary. The most underrated composer still, Tchaikovsky, despite his huge popularity, still misunderstood, I think, after all this time. Let's look at one or two of the other operas, Giulio Cesare, where you have Pamela Helen Stephen, who's made huge impression of late. I thought I was astounded by her work at um, the Young Vic with the N.O. in um, Ulysses recently. Yep, yep, yep. And Sarah Tynan, her first Cleopatra. What, how many hours has she got? Something like seven or eight hours? Well, she's least, almost, I mean, despite notwithstanding its title, she's sort of really the main role, isn't she, yes. so musically? Yes. She gets the best range of music. I mean, I think Ulysses gets some fantastic individual arias but I think Cleopatra somehow has a yeah. it's an absolute rich tapestry of yeah. of uh, aria yeah. and song isn't it really the, the whole personality yeah, yeah, revealed yeah, in that yeah. how do you two go about your casting it's a very sort of inclusive process we talk to the directors a lot and to conductors as well although in a sense I represent the conductor as the music director so yeah. if you have two equal people the one who has that sort of dramatic spark will always be 
you know the one the one who is more interesting Absolutely. and and that's a very conscious part mm-hmm. of them we we want to have singing actors or rather uh, singers who can act I mean that's a very important part of the company's ethos and a particular piece like uh, Julia Cesare of course there's other big decisions to make about or whether the version or whether mm. you know which sort of vocal part is going to take some of these roles because of the big decisions to be made there which were made with very yes. much with the director yes. with yes. Tim Aubrey in this yes in this case um, you know, gender well, gender, well absolutely no, gender yes, really and that's right that's right I mean the trend has been more to male yeah. singers uh, in in the last 10 mm. 15 years I mean Glanborn might have broken that a bit with putting Sarah Connolly back into that role you know from the from 20 30 years ago when it was Janet Baker we've had a succession really of, of male uh, counter tenors singing singing the role and being very famous and being fantastic mm-hmm. with it mm-hmm. um, but I think we've decided to go back to that having Julie Chesley played by a woman Before you, Richard Farns, disappear off to, um, you're in the middle of a series of performances in Das Rheingold. Um, and rehearsing, may I say, the Queen and of Spades. And rehearsing the Queen of Spades. <laughs> it's a very interesting combination, that one. Um, but before you disappear, um, Richard, I know, I mean, the, the Rheingold performance is the start of this um, ring that Opera North is doing in concert, but semi-staged as well, really, and lit to be a total experience of the imagination, if you like. Your orchestra must be thrilled that they are playing these big venues now and are on stage and it's their moment. Yes, I mean, uh, I, think, I think they are. Some people in the orchestra have been waiting a long time to play this repertoire and that's fantastic. And with the ring, the orchestra is, is such an important part of it that it's terrific that they are such a visible part of the drama. And it's not Opera North's way to just do a straight concert performance. I mean, there has to be some sort of you know, dramatic visual element as well. And I, I, of course, you know, I will be honest, we didn't know exactly how well the format was going to work. It's going to be very difficult setting up in a different concert hall when you're only there, you know, mm. the afternoon before the performance. And actually, we're really pleased. And uh, the reviews have apparently have been tremendous for your performances so far. Well, uh, yes, apparently so. <laughs> you know, he's modest as he doesn't read uh, reviews, but I'll, I'll say on his behalf that he's that Richard has had personally fantastic uh, reviews for this and his reading of the, of the piece. But the orchestra, and actually I think our casting, I think what we've managed to achieve with working with some very established um, Wagnerian performers, but also a number of new faces doing things for the for the first time, which I think is part of the excitement of how, you know, the thrill of doing what we're doing, it was really paid off, actually. Well, thank you for being with us. and uh, Thank you, it's a pleasure. Let nice. you run off to your, thank you. your rehearsal. other revivals Richard is Madame Butterfly and you found a young tenor 
who's clearly on the rise. Mm -hmm. Indeed, um, always a good sign, has just signed a contract with a record company. Tell us yeah, a little bit about that. Well, I suppose, obviously, Butterfly was a piece that we wanted to, to bring back after four or five years out of our plan. And we've asked Anne-Sophie de Prels, who sang it before, to Lovely revive song. that role, wonderful singer. And we didn't think we could better that. But we were interested to see what other new artists were around. Pinkerton isn't, you know, an easily castable role. It's, it, it has its great challenges. We've found a new young American who we think is definitely going to be on the rise. Noah Stewart is his name. I think we'll be hearing a lot more about him after certainly. he's performed with us. So I think we, he's making his British debut here in, in Leeds uh, at Opera North and we'll be on the tour through the through the autumn. So I think it's a, it's a real injection of excitement into uh, a revival, a wonderful revival as it is Tim Albury. Beautiful production. And, so, and Pinkerton, of course, uh, an American role. And, yes, indeed, I mean, an American role. And, you know, for a dashing young man. Yeah, yeah I, think he'll, I think people will think that he's pretty dashing. Richard Mantle, one un unique aspect of Opera North is the symbiosis between the main housework and, and projects in the increasingly popular Howard Assembly Rooms. Is there any evidence so far that this healthy stream of inquisitive visitors you've had through that venue have started to investigate events in the main theatre? or is because I know that's what you've been hoping. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that all the programming in our Howard Assembly Room is just there to be a, a sort of process through to the, to the main house. I think I've always been very keen that the advent of that space actually broadened the face of Opera North. We don't sit here planning the programme in there in order to provide ticket fodder for the main house. I think... I think we've managed to provide some opportunity for our core audience to, to get sort of more, really, both in terms of seeing and hearing singers either that they know well singing in song or hearing people that they otherwise wouldn't get to see on the operatic stage. And some of that programme, of course, is related to the repertoire. I mean, during the autumn this year, all around the Queen of Spades, I mean, Joan Rogers, a remarkable recitalist, is coming to give a recital of, of Russian song as part of our um, you know, programme around, around the Tchaikovsky. That's what I mean by symbiosis. Um, and yes, indeed. Really uh, but, you know, but sitting alongside that, you know, there are jazz pianists mm. and, uh, who have nothing to do with uh, the Queen of Spades, of course, mm. and music from other genres and from other countries. Um, you know, the diversity of the audience is growing hugely. So a lot of people out there are finding things to come to under the banner of Opera North, because I actually believe the company should be seen as a much broader, diverse organisation. I love the, um, the label that Classic FM have given your orchestra, mm. Classic FM's orchestra in Yorkshire. Yes, which is, it feels a bit uh, restricted, yeah, yeah. doesn't it, really? But, I mean, we're rather more than that, of course. Yes. And we play well, outside play orchestra, but we do play all over the place. But actually, uh, that's, we find that quite, quite attractive, because apart from anything else, it does give a sort of strength to the whole position of Yorkshire as a, as a centre of culture and art. And I think it takes that name of Yorkshire further afield, which we're very happy to do. I'm delighted in that connection that you're reviving your visits to London 
mm. um, with an exciting new partnership with Barbican, yeah. using both the theatre and the pit mm. theatre, mm. which mm. is interesting. And one of the productions you'll be bringing down there is, is Ruddigal, mm. which mm. was a huge success, mm. uh, Joe Davis' production last yeah. season. You know, the Opera North's had a great tradition of work in the musical theatre world, operetta, you know, over the years going way back mm. to Showboat, Sweeney Todd, the Gershwin musicals, more recently with uh, with Mary Widow. But it's certainly been a, a strand of our work that we have maintained. You know, we don't just tick on a musical or an operetta just no, no, say no. for the sake of selling lots of tickets. Mm. You know, it, it's there for more than that. It's partly also there because we've actually got a chorus who, who love being in that sort of work. They're as happy singing and performing in, say, Radigal or Sweeney Todd as they are in Don Carlos or, or the Queen of Spades. And I think that's one of the great you know, tributes to this chorus here. And it has meant that we've maintained this breadth of, of work. allowed are we not at this point in time to talk about one or two of the things yeah. that beyond the autumn yeah. season yes. the yes. spring and the thing that really excites me because I think it is the greatest score ever written for the Broadway lyric stage is Carousel mm. is coming to Opera North. Mm. Part of this is thinking well actually let us do something that we know we do really well and maybe out of this comes you know a financial benefit in terms of you know more commercial revenue attached to a venture like that and that's how it's being thought about and we're still maintaining the full-time nature of the organization everybody's got work in fact next spring i think we'll be about the busiest we've ever been so thinking about the musical theater world you know carousel is one of those that does really require proper singing every role every role counts from a vocal point of view it's not like say my Fair Lady, which is another wonderful piece, a piece that we've had sort of on a potential list and probably still do, you know. But it's only about half of those roles that really need serious singers, you know. And they're not just serious musical theatre singers, serious operatic yeah. singing. We don't want this with people um, singing down a microphone. We want people, you know, want the audience to enjoy it as a sort of, uh, as a real oral experience. So, you know, if you look at it, you look at the orchestration that the composer put in. It was one of the largest orchestrations mm. for a musical theatre piece ever. It's just, in its, it's original just the, form. Yes. In its original yeah. form. I yeah. mean, you know, they talk about having 22 string instruments. Well, that's unheard of in a Broadway or a West End theatre, probably going back, I don't know, 15, 20 years. They don't, it's all half electronic and yes. rather thin orchestral sounds and all that sort of thing. And, you know, here we are sitting with a fantastic orchestra will play that really, really well. We can give it full orchestral musical vocal value. That's yes. where we've gone down that route. Excellent. Mm-hmm.